and welcome to this Endo Life Season 3, Episode 23. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about bringing you guests who are helping others to live and thrive with endometriosis. Before we dive in, I wanted to give a shout out to our podcast sponsors. Thank you to both Jane Braxton and Kelly Marie who are supporting the podcast through donating over on Patreon. By supporting this Endo Life through Patreon, you guys are helping to keep the show going. The show costs both time and money to produce and maintain and in order to continue and make season four I really need some help. Donating as little as two dollars or I guess that would be about a pound fifty can help me cover these costs and allow me to make a season four. So a big thank you to everyone for listening and if you do like the show and it is helpful to you and you're in a position where you could help out a little bit I would really appreciate it if you could head over to my Patreon and consider donating. You can get to my Patreon on www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash this endo life. I really cannot thank you enough for all your support. Finally, this episode and this endo life intro music was edited by The Pod Farm, podcast editing services for new and established podcasts. Visit thepodfarm.com to find out more about their services and how they can help you grow your podcast from just an idea to a polished and successful show. Also, just as a heads up, um, I'm moving in two weeks' time, so I'm hoping the internet will be sorted by the release date of our next show. But if there is a delay, I will get the podcast up as soon as possible. And I don't really think it will be a problem, but I just wanted to let you know in case. So, in this week's podcast... I have the privilege of speaking to the wonderful Christy Curry. Not only is Christy super kind and really lovely to chat to, she is the founder of Flutter Health, um, which is the mobile endometriosis symptom tracking app that lets you track your period and journal your endometriosis symptoms and essentially helps you better manage your disease and understand how it's affecting you. This app is really different from your everyday period tracker app Um, and that's one of the reasons why, well the main reason I wanted Christy on the show. A lot of the apps that I've used in the past haven't let me, sometimes, I'm sure, I can't remember which one it was and in fact I wouldn't name and shame anyway but one would only let me put one symptom in, like one PMS symptom or one, you know, period symptom which seems crazy for anyone um or you know it's a set amount of time that it allows you to have a period for so like five days or seven days where some people have six week periods or three week periods because of endometriosis and other conditions um so flutter health allows you to put so many different symptoms in it allows you to track your cycle as it actually is, not as the app wants it to be. Um, And you can even track your symptoms, download your symptoms and take them to your doctor so he can, he or she, I don't know why I said he, um, can um, observe your period and your endometriosis symptoms for the past three months or however long you've been doing it for. Um, So it's got so many different elements that's just revolutionary, I think, for the way that we manage endometriosis and track our periods. Um, so I chat to Christy about how her experience with endometriosis and period track apps led her to start Flutter Health with her husband, which is lovely. Um, 
We discuss how tracking your endometriosis symptoms can not only enable you to get more accurate treatment from uh, medical professionals, but it can also help you understand what's working for you in terms of pain and symptom management. We also talk about um, the endometriosis diet and how finding a community can make a huge difference to living with endometriosis and the future of Blutter Health and how you can get involved and support um, the people who are using it. So um, I really hope you enjoy the interview and you find it insightful. It could be really cool if you download Flutter Health app and have a look at it whilst we're talking because we go through each component and so you can be on there whilst we're talking about it and check it all out. Um, it is free. You can find it on, um, in, you know, in the iTunes store and Google Play and all of the other places you can download apps. So it's it's everywhere and it's accessible. Um, Christy is lovely and a wealth of knowledge and information. So I, I hope you get something out of this interview. Here she is. So um, I wanted to start with your personal story of endometriosis because I know that was kind of like the catalyst for starting Flutter Health. So would you be happy to share your experience with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, let me see. So it started when I was in my early 20s. Well, I've always had painful periods. Um, but anytime you try to ask someone about it, they're like, yeah, it's painful. I have cramps. So you don't really think you're any different, maybe just a little dramatic. Um, so then, but when I was in my early twenties, I started getting pain where I felt like I was going to pass out, where I felt like I was going to throw up, um, just pain where you're like doubling over. And I think, um, the first time I was living with my sister and she took me to the emergency room because we're like, something's not right. And, um, I had like a really crazy exam by this male doctor that wasn't very understanding. He gave me a pregnancy test and, um, STD tests and Mm, yeah. And I was like, I'm not even sexually active. Like none of these are gonna, you know, show you anything that I don't know. Um, and he just kind of gave me the line, you have painful periods, just go home and take some Advil and rest. So, um, just really frustrated that happened again about a year later. And, um, I finally, I was actually lucky because this was quite a while ago. I just turned 40. So it was like 20 years ago. Oh for, yeah, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, for my doctor at that time, she said, I think it sounds like endometriosis. So I was actually really lucky in the sense that I had a doctor that was already aware of this that long ago. Yeah, that's quite a quick turnaround, really. Obviously not for your teenage years, but once you kind of like pursued pursued that path. Yeah. So I was very lucky in that sense that this doctor was even aware of it. And, um, so she said, well, the only way to really know is to have, you know, laparoscopic surgery at that point, it was only laser ablation surgery. So she's like, let's go in there and see what's going on. And if there's, if there's endometriosis in there, we're going to laser it out and you'll be good to go. Um, so I had that done and I felt great. I mean, it was a hard, it was a hard recovery after the surgery, but after, uh, I felt super great. Didn't have any symptoms. Oh, and look, I should know the worst part, um, is the bloating and the distended yes. belly. And it's, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. I was terrified every day that someone was going to ask me how far along I was <laughs> and, yeah. uh, just because I'm, I'm a skinnier person, but my belly, like no matter what I did, how I ate, how I exercised, the bloated, distended belly was 
just out there screaming, like, <laughs> ask me a question, you know, yeah, yeah. look at me, pants were painful. Um, but after the surgery, that all went away. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how it was normal. Oh, really? Your bloating went away from that? It did. That's amazing. That was like the best thing ever because I'm like, it, it is so uncomfortable and painful. And um, they had found out that things were like all in the wrong position. And um, so it's like, I felt like they kind of like put me back together. And um, after three months, though, the pain came back worse. It was like my body was, yeah, it was very fast. And it was like my body was just angry at me for like messing with it or something. Uh, so it was just like in a lot of pain. And at, at that point, I'm like, well, I already went to me because that was my first and only surgery. I'm like, well, that seems really drastic that I had surgery and that didn't work. Yeah. So I guess this is just how it's going to be. And, um, I was really lucky because my husband now we were dating at the time, like we had first started dating when I had that first surgery and they're pressuring me, are you going to have kids and like all these things? And like, I don't know, I just started dating this guy. I'm not going to start peppering him with questions, <laughs> freak him out. Um, so he's been with me through this whole journey too. And I think he's been just as frustrated as I am. And I went then like a decade without doing anything about it. And it was getting worse and worse and worse. And he finally was like, you know what, this isn't okay. There's got to be a better solution. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to forget everything we've heard, everything we've been through. And he found my, um, my doctor that I see now who I had uh, an excision surgery with four years ago. Right. And, um, that was a completely different experience. And that other surgery, it was amazing. The recovery was fast. I felt amazing. And only first now, maybe in the last month I've started feeling an inkling of the symptoms coming back, which is really freaking me out. But I went four years with like not perfect periods, nothing happening, no pain, no bloating. Yeah. And that's a really like long run as well. I mean, I think with the ways that we're going to get into this, like the ways that you manage endometriosis and the way that I manage endometriosis, um, we can definitely keep like a lot of, well, at least both of us seem to have good success with keeping the symptoms down but um I mean there's no kind of guarantee that they're slow like it doesn't necessarily stop the growth of it coming back so it could be a case that if you've got these like slight symptoms coming back that you know in a year or two you have another lap that's really successful and maybe you'll go for 10 years without surgery does that make sense like I know Jessica yep, Milan had yep. like a cyst, but yep. she had no idea because she was managing her symptoms so well. Yep. And hers was huge. Yeah. Cause I talked to her and she's like, it was insane. And like, it's, it's somewhat impressive in the sense that she was managing it and she was taking care of herself and she didn't even know what was going on. But then it's also terrifying because you can't see inside yourself. You're like, you, she could just take a quick peek and be like, <laughs> are you coming back? Cause I'm, you know, I'm not ready. Or can you give me some sort of, you know, an idea of time frame of like when this is going to happen again? <laughs> yeah, completely. Cause I, I was freaking out with my last, before my second op, I was freaking out that something was really wrong because the symptoms were so bad and the doctors were also kind of on the same page. They were like, yeah, it's probably infiltrated the bowel and the bladder and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it hadn't. It was like nowhere near that level. I'm just one of those cases who had like, I have minimal endo and lots of symptoms, but the, 
you know, I just was like, I just want to know. I wish I could just look and see because that surgery didn't help at all. It's been like what I've done, like my diet that's made a difference and some other lifestyle changes. But that second lap wasn't really necessary because it didn't change anything. And it wasn't, they didn't cut away. They were supposed to do excision and they didn't, they did laser. So I've only ever had laser. So I've not really felt any improvement. So yeah, I I totally understand. If you could just check and be like, okay, like that, you know, it's at this stage, like it can go for a while, you know? Yeah. It just, it's, it's so extreme. Like this whole thing, this whole disease is so extreme because you, the only way to see what's going on is like cut you open and it's scary. Like, yeah. Cause it's like, should I have it now and see where it's at? Because I had a C-section. So I'm very scared that, you know, maybe when they were closing me up, things weren't in the right spot or like, you know, I have all these, these thoughts going through my head and it's like you just want to have an idea of what's happening inside of you because something just doesn't feel right. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. But exactly what you said is like I can relate. <laughs> so how are you? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, um, like how are you coping with the idea that it might be coming back? Because obviously um, you have been, from my understanding and what we're getting to, later on is that you have been managing it really well and keeping your symptoms down so and I know you were saying you're freaking you were freaking out but like what's your kind of I don't know what's your approach to this this feeling that something's not quite right at the moment yeah I just uh well I made an appointment with my doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going in to see him in like a month um and I'm trying I'm trying to not think about it, but it's really hard because it's kind of like a deja vu feeling like I have pain with ovulation. Um, I've always taken birth control pill and I started it back up after having the boys. And even like last month, I got my period after like two weeks and I was like, okay, how is that possible if I'm also on the pill? Um, so that was like my first thing of like, okay, maybe something really is not right because this has never happened to me before. And just the pain with ovulation in my stomach, like the distended bloating. And I'm vegan, like I, everything I do is plant-based. So it's not like I'm eating a different diet of like, you know, crazy foods that are like, you know, affecting all of that, or like I'm getting inflamed with any foods. So I guess that's, that's different this round because I was always vegetarian. Right. But now I've been vegan for, um... I would say like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So that, I guess that's what's freaking me out a little bit more is that I'm having this bloated, distended belly when I'm not eating foods that would trigger that like I did previously, you know, like dairy and all those things that would really get it agitated. So Um, I'm trying to not think about it as much until I just go (laughs) and see the doctor and see what he says. But, um, it is scary because I've been symptom free for four years and I would kind of tell my husband working on flutter and like in this community, everything I'm like, sometimes I feel like a fraud because I, I haven't had symptoms for four years. And so, so you know, I understand that. feel bad. <laughs> I really, really relate. And this sounds really crazy. And, um, by the way, to like everyone who's listening, I'm currently taking out my hoops because they're 
bashing on my <laughs> headphones. So if you hear like a strange noise, it's me taking out my earrings. Um, yeah. So this sounds this sounds really dramatic, but there are I I think on a subconscious level, even at possibly conscious, there is a part of me that doesn't fully do some things that I kind of know that would like reduce my symptoms even more because I kind of feel like I won't be able to help the community as much Mm -hmm. so like I think I do I feel like I'm at this point where I'm like 80 I'm at this point where I could improve by like about 20 percent but there's something that's like stopping me from doing that and I feel like partly it's because when I don't have any pain or when I'm really, really good, I, I feel like a fraud and I feel like people won't be able to relate to me anymore and I won't be able to help them, which is completely the opposite because obviously if I'm in a place where I'm feeling 100% or at least as, you know, what my 100% is in comparison to, you know, um, yeah. living with endo, I should be able to serve people even better. But uh, yeah. there's something in the back of my head that's like, I'll be a fraud if I'm not really suffering. Yeah. Which is really interesting psychology there. But um, yeah, so you're not alone. It's, it's so messed up. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Yeah, because I, I kept saying that to my husband. And I'm like, I feel so guilty. Like I'm going and talking about this and, you know, promoting the app and like going to Patient Awareness Day for endometriosis. And I haven't felt anything for years. Like I almost forgot. That's incredible. What it felt like. And then women are you know, they're sharing all these stories and I feel guilty. And I, it almost feels like, yeah, did I have it? <laughs> but Please yeah, don't I feel guilty because what you've <laughs> done is your app is incredible and it's dedicated to people with endometriosis and painful periods. There is like nothing else like that. And f- through you being well, you've been able to do this. You wouldn't have been able to do it when you were unwell. So I'm that's, so thankful that that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> you know, and also I don't, I don't. We want less people suffering, right? You know, the more the more people who are living well with endometriosis, the better. And then it's less about people being able to relate to the pain, and more about people being able to relate to these positive stories and go like, "I did it too." Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. Even though I know that I'm a walking contradiction to that because of what I've just said before. (laughs) But um, I just don't want you to feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Same to you. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so back to the app. So you you had obviously your lab and then um, walk me through like what happened afterwards and what led to you starting Flutter. Oh, sure. So my husband and I, we've always worked together and we um, own, we develop, we design and develop mobile apps. So, um, we were always working on customer apps and there was kind of this time where I was trying to find an app, a period tracking app, um, to track my symptoms. Cause I was tired of going to the doctor and asking them even the most simple question of when was the first day of your last period? Mm-hmm. Like I never know. That's like a day you don't want to remember. <laughs> so like true. you never, you know, all of a sudden you get your period and you're like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to get it now. You don't want to pay attention to when it's coming because it's like a countdown. So, you know, I'm like, well, I should know the answers to these questions. And so I was looking for an app and I just got, I guess I got really angry at what was out there because they weren't relatable to me at all. It was like kind of sugarcoating what a period was and how it's viewed. And it was very, um, you know, like I'm moody, I'm cranky, Mm -hmm. I... 
you know, I have cramps and it was just, it just made me angry. Cause I'm like, no, I have a twisting, stabbing pain. I have throbbing, like my back hurts. I can't bend, you know, my left leg normally. Mm. And so just because we develop apps all the time, Jason's like, you know, we should make our own and, you know, make something. It was kind of selfish because I wanted it for myself. And then, and talking to a lot of women at different like, um, events and they would tell me like, yeah, I keep, I try to keep track of it all over. It's half in a Google calendar. It's half in a notebook. It's half in a journal. And there's no way to like tie it all together. So, um, we created the app and just kind of put it out there. And I just wanted to see if other people were using it, how it would help them. And it was basically made with my experiences. And then women started giving me feedback, which was so exciting, you know, to even know that anyone was using it, let alone was saying like, could you add the symptom or could you, could you allow, you know, one woman had her period. It was like some ridiculous amount of time. And she's like, can you adjust that the dates? Because it won't allow me, like, it doesn't believe that my period lasts that long. And, you know, you, you learn so many things too, but we were getting like feedback, which I was so excited about. And, um, it's pretty much like, I guess the story of how it, how it came to be. And how, how long did it take to make? Because I hear that like creating an app is kind of, I don't know, just crazy work. It is, but I think because that's what we do, we have like a pretty solid process and we work a lot with startup companies Mm -hmm. who wanted to launch like, uh, an MVP app and we could do something in like three months. So I would say overall with Flutter, I mean, I would say it took probably like a year to get it like fully launched and wow. and ready to like where I wanted it to be. Yeah. And there's like so much more stuff I want to do with it, but <laughs> that's really exciting. I'd, lo- I'd love to talk about that in a bit if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and your husband was helping you with all of that. Yeah. He, he's definitely, uh, I feel like he's an endo warrior in his own right, uh, just because uh, he's he's just been in it with me. So he he can tell, you know, things that I don't even want to discuss or he'll know, like, if I'm not feeling well or like try to he's like um, a results oriented guy. Like he wants to figure out like how we can fix things. He's he's an he's an engineer. So um, okay. <laughs> he definitely he's like out to to beat endometriosis for women. So it's, it's good. But yeah, he, he helped with it. That's amazing. So I kind of want to go into detail about um, the different aspects of Flutter. So I am totally with you. I never, well, I do now, but I never knew when the first day of my last period was or when my next period is due. Um, I didn't know when I was ovulating. And I think... Having an understanding of your cycle can completely change the way that you live. For me, I was at the mercy of my body, which I thought was acting on a whim. I was like, oh, I'm really up this day. I'm really down that day. And because I wasn't really keeping track of things, I was kind of assuming that I was just like really sporadically up and down, whether Mm -hmm. that's with symptoms or um, with like mental health and moods, etc. And then when I started tracking my period, it kind of all happened at the same time. I did a course um, called Peaceful Periods and it helped me understand like the menstrual cycle and the way that my hormones were um, actually like biologically affecting me um, and chemically affecting me. And then 
but I still wasn't like you were kind of supposed to manually track it and I was losing track of doing that but um when I started using flutter that really it's just so easy to track my period and so now I'm like able to see ahead like the other day I looked ahead until August and of course it might change depending on if my periods arrive on time but so far it's always predicted exactly right um and I like yeah I can't remember it the other day I was like booking something in August and I was able to like work out like okay <laughs> I'm like pre you know I'm pre-menstrual then that's a bad week I'm like you know on my period that week like I'd rather do it when I'm ovulating like I'm really like I'm in a good place when I'm ovulating so um that was like <laughs> so revolutionary for me like oh my god I don't have to worry about whether that thing is going to be possible you know mm-hmm. I know exactly like as close as I can get the date that I'm due on so yeah I mean could you tell us a little bit about the tracking option and why you felt it was helpful to track your period and your symptoms and also how that's helped you if that's had an impact on your life yeah I mean I think tracking your symptoms because once I started tracking my symptoms I realized because I felt like well kind of like I had period symptoms every single day which but they were kind of changing and then when I started tracking things I realized that I was having extreme um, pain on my left side every other month when I was ovulating. And so I was like, interesting. Yep. And I was like, that's crazy because I, well, first of all, I never paid attention to ovulation because I just assumed that's you only need to know that when you're trying to get pregnant. Mm. And so when I started tracking it, I saw these patterns and it was always on the left side. And when I had my surgeries, it tend it's the endometriosis is all to the left side. And it's kind of like all around that ovary. And like, and so that kind of was like, I was really surprised and that something like that, like tracking your symptoms could tell you something very important. Like, you know, even like what side you're ovulating on, it's pretty nuts. And, and I think, um, you know, I would track other things, um, like pain down my leg, um, on my left leg because the endometriosis is like wrapping around that nerve. And so things would kind of like happen at different times. And it also made me feel less crazy because I did feel like I had my period all the time, but in different ways, you know, like some would be more stabbing pains. And like you were saying, it's kind of easier to predict like what you are going to be capable of and wanting to do at a certain time. So like I, opposite of you, I would never schedule something when I'm ovulating, Oh yeah. but I might be, I might be better like the week before I get my period. So, and I also in discussing with, um, doctors when we were making this app, they had, they were telling me that if a woman could track her cycles like this and journal her symptoms for even three months, they could see enough of a pattern to help them with a diagnosis or to have more of an idea of what's happening or what they, you know, like what kind of like plan they should have of figuring out what's going on. And so in my mind, I'm like three months. That's awesome. That's so cool that you can like journal everything. And that's why we made the export PDF for your doctor so that, I mean, you could take your app in and say, here, check it out, (laughs) whatever you want to, but you can also print it out and, you know, so they can have it in their records and keep it 
you know, in your medical records. So anyone, if you have to go to the emergency room or anything, it's all there for anyone to see. And, um, I just, I was really surprised when I started tracking mine because I'm kind of, I'm not like the most organized person by any means. So, um, it just kind of helped me have a better idea of like what was happening in my body. And especially, I guess a lot of the reason that I wanted to do flutter was for young girls to get them proactive from their very first period. And if they can start tracking their period, like the first year that they're having it, imagine like how many girls could find out that early that maybe after three months of having these symptoms that they have endometriosis or, you know, like a cyst or anything like that. And they can get it taken care of right away before, you know, I mean that, that could dramatically reduce the diagnosis time, like hugely. Yeah. I, I mean, and that's what I was, I mean, cause girl, young girls have their, I mean, well, I have my phone all the time too, but like kids with phones, it's like, they're born like holding a phone <laughs> nowadays. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, like, come on, they'll, they'll, they'll use an app. So I'm kind of pushing for that too. Like just start, start doing it right away and not like when you're in your thirties and <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. My like two year old nephew can pose perfectly for a camera, <laughs> like a phone camera. Like he knows exactly when people are like pointing a phone at him, he knows what to do. Like he knows how to put on the cuteness. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah. My little guy this morning, um, they usually fight over my phone if I accidentally leave it out and they're 17 months and he grabbed, <gasps> he grabbed my phone and he actually unlocked it with like the facial recognition. And no. I just, he was like in, <laughs> in, in my Amazon app. <laughs> and so I was wow. laughing. I'm like, I guess he does look like me. <laughs> he got my That's phone to unlock. <laughs> wow. That's kind of nice, actually, you know. <laughs> so, um, so just so people are like clear. So when they, so if they've been recording their symptoms for yes. X amount of time, if they were to go to the emergency room or they were going to have a doctor's appointment, they could literally export everything they've entered in. And then that would be so the doctors could see when they had their period, when they ovulated, the types of symptoms, how they varied from day to day. Yes. Yep. It just prints it out. and Amazing. That's like so easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like another thing that I thought was quite um, helpful was so you've got the I might actually get the app up whilst we're talking. Um, so you've got the journal, so you would click like, um, if I go to my period now, add period, or oh, actually I don't want to do that because then it will say that I've had one, go to my last one. <laughs> um, and you've got the add journal entry. And so you can kind of click like, um, pelvic pain, like where your pelvic pain is. It's kind of like, um, already there for you. And it's kind of like click circle, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you've got at the end notes so what what kind of thing would someone want to use for notes because personally for me I make I make like a more detailed note of what I've eaten in like quite a lot of depth because I find that I'm so sensitive to food that it's really helpful for me to do that like go into quite detail or if there's anything that's slightly different you do have like what I ate today but um I just like, I'm very specific, like with what grains and stuff. Yeah. Um, so what kind of could people do with the notes side of things? 
Because I find like a lot of apps are quite restrictive and yours isn't, if that makes sense. Like a lot of apps, yeah. like you can only click a few things, but you're like, okay, well, I'm slightly different from that. Yeah. And I guess that's why I wanted to put it in there just because I was even thinking if like for pelvic pain, if the description of pain, if none of these fit exactly what you're feeling, like you're the best person to describe the pain that you're feeling. Like I never even knew that people would understand when I said like, you know, there's a stabbing, twisting pain. And that is like the most common way that I hear women describing their period with endometriosis. And so I wanted to leave a note section, even for something as simple as that, like maybe it isn't a sharp pain, but you have a different descriptor for it that you want to put down. And that's how you want to share it with your doctor. So it's like, I don't, I don't ever want to guide or lead someone to like, kind of just like, well, I guess that's the only option. So I'm going to take it because that's exactly how I felt with the other period apps. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, I have cramps and that's the only, that's a closest option. So I'm just going to click it versus if I could have clicked that and then added notes and saying like, well, I have really bad cramps for the first two days of my period. You know, like you can add any sort of detail like you do with food. It's kind of like why I wanted to leave it pretty open. So you can yeah. put down whatever you want to share. <laughs> I only, I think that's like one of the most helpful parts of um, of the app, to be honest, because endometriosis varies so much from person to person. So it's, and also because it varies so much, it's quite hard to remember what, like what your symptoms looked like throughout the month. Yep. So even if you just clicked, you know, um, you clicked like standard answers without and you you think you're going to remember when you look back a month when they say well describe your pain in detail this month or something it's it's really difficult so it's good to have those notes because it just varies so much every day yeah I mean yeah because what if you say like well I have a stabbing pain every time I get my period but maybe this time it was different you know maybe yeah (laughs) so yeah endo keeps you on your toes (laughs) yeah totally Um, so you also have a community component, which, um, I personally think is so important because for me, the endo community has been, you know, life changing and I know it has been for so many other people. Um, so what, what is this community component and, and what can people expect from it and what's the kind of support they can get? Sure. This was my favorite thing to add. This is what I was most excited about. There's still so many things I want to do with it, but, um, I felt like, Anytime I tried to find a community, um, it wasn't like I wanted something that was really positive and more um, helpful in terms of like experiences like this worked for me or women just kind of saying like, oh, I know exactly how you feel. Just a supportive system that kind of like someone's there, like there's somewhere you can go and someone's always there and they can relate to you like no one else can relate to you. And I think that when I was pregnant, I was using um you know, some different apps. And I found the community to be really reassuring, even if I wasn't active in it, to kind of through and see like, okay, there's other women in my position. And there's like tips that I picked up from them or things that I was worried about that other women were posting about. So I'm like, okay, this is just not that it's normal, but like other women are experiencing this. So mm-hmm. when we added the community to Flutter, I was excited that it could be the same thing. Like you can look through here and you know, maybe someone has a question about birth control pills and like other women's experience, or I was going to get the Mirena. I chickened out 
<laughs> at the doctor's <laughs> office, actually. <laughs> I was taking somebody to my doctor's <laughs> office and I'm like, you know what? Like, I didn't really research this as much as I should have. It was just suggested that I get it. And I started like reading about it. And I'm like, I don't think I want to do it. I'm too scared. And in the community, it's kind of funny because like a couple of days after I saw women asking like, have you had the Mirena? Like, what was your experience with it? And I was like, oh man, I should have posted it in there. But, um, so, you know, all random things that have to do with endo. And of course, like what I really would love at some point is to have a doctor on staff that can really answer the medical questions because I'm by no means qualified to do that. And so I'd love to get someone that's able, you know, to answer these things that yeah. maybe people can't or they they don't have advice for. I don't want to, If it makes me sad when I see no one comment on certain posts because, you know, it's might be a little over my head medically. It's like I can, re, I can definitely relate to women with my experiences, but I don't want to give them medical advice without obviously having a qualified doctor doing that. So that, that's yeah, of course. definitely like my next dream and goal for the app is to have someone able to do that. Okay. Well, you never know. There might be some doctors listening. We'll see. We'll <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> um, so another thing that I personally think is really important, um, especially because I don't know how it is in in America, in, but in the UK, most of the doctors that I have encountered and the like, the people that I have spoken to, the doctors they've encountered, they don't really talk about nutrition and how ca- that can affect um, endo. And of course, we're all different, and um, there aren't a lot of studies that are directly related to diet and endo. But there are a lot of studies around the inf- like inflammation and anti-inflammatory diet etc um so it's always frustrated me and that's kind of one of the reasons why I started this endo life that it's not well it never used to be talked about that diet could potentially help so you do have a nutrition section and I'm so happy that you do there's not many period apps that have that um so why did you think that that was necessary and what kind of like focus do you have on nutrition what can people find there yeah I well because I went plant-based um after you know being vegetarian for 15 years or so um just because I noticed well I would eat a lot of cheese (laughs) like way too much cheese (laughs) and I just was not feeling well and um I was kind of like let's try it because it makes sense you're you're feeding your body, you're fueling your body. And if you're putting a lot of things in there that are going to irritate an already irritated body, it's just, you're just going to keep getting more and more inflamed and everything's going to be really angry and it's not going to help at all. And it's like, if you're having a distended belly and you're bloated and you have this just searing cramps, it, it's logical to me that you're not going to feed that with something that is going to get it even more angry and inflamed. So just by going plant-based there, it just is so pure to me, the diet that you're feeding your body, that you're, you're fueling it with things that aren't irritating it. And I feel exactly the same way. And that, as you just mentioned, like it is frustrating because how can diet and what you're putting in your body, not relate to your symptoms and what you're, how you're feeling. And I, by no means I'm saying it's going to cure endometriosis. 
I wish, like, I wish it were that easy, but (laughs) it's definitely, I think, I think it's one of the most important things and the most helpful and the easiest thing that you can do for yourself. And I just, by eating the way that I've been eating, I really feel like that's why I haven't had symptoms for four years. I mean, of course, exercising and everything is great too, but I haven't exercised in a very long time, I hate to admit, but, um, I, I feel like the diet has been the biggest factor in helping my symptoms. So I kind of like, it's a sensitive topic. And I think there's a lot of people that talk about endo diets and they're always different and they always, they never make sense to me. Like an endo diet, you should have yogurt and eggs and things that are just the opposite of what an, you know, anti-inflammatory diet is. And, and I, I feel like women, and this is how I was too. I was resistant to changing my diet because I was mad because I'm like, I've had to give up all these other things. And like, I've had to deal with this pain. And the last thing that I'm going to have someone take away is the food that I love. And which is the wrong way to think about it. Because just by like, you know, I, I wanted to eat my cheese, but (laughs) now that I don't, I feel so much better. So it was kind of my way of adding this into the app to try to get women to track their diet and hopefully see triggers. Because I know people have different triggers too. Like you're saying grains, there's, there's a million different things that might affect you. So this, I just want to try to like get all aspects of your daily life trackable, which is also maybe annoying and time consuming. But I feel like even if you do it for a small amount of time, you can see a pattern. I think everything has a pattern. So I definitely, I do wish a diet was talked about a lot more and that doctors integrated that into their, their care, you know, like after you have the surgery, like, Hey, why don't, why don't you try this plant-based diet afterwards? Let's like try to keep everything at bay and everything, you know, calm and as clean as possible after like going in there and cutting it all out. So I think it's, it's something that we need to maybe talk about a lot more. Yeah. I mean, I find it so interesting that for example, if you go, okay, so diabetes, there are clear recommendations of what you should and shouldn't eat with diabetes. Um, and arthritis, there is like an anti-inflammatory diet for arthritis. Um, IBS, Crohn's disease, um, ulcerated colitis, interstitial cystitis, all of these have diet recommendations that are on like the main pages of the bodies that like represent, you know, like the government bodies or the um, charities, etc. that represent these um, support for these diseases. Mm-hmm. But we don't, there seems to be like this disconnect, like because endo isn't, well, I mean, it is to, it is related to the um, stomach because everyone, loads of people have IBS issues. Yeah, right? or they're diagnosed because it's with like, IBS. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because like people think of it as this like period-related issue. There seems to be this disconnect that food can't possibly affect it. Um, and so there's a lot of like hush-hush around the diet. Like we can't we can't talk about the diet because it's not medically proven and it's not, you know, it might affect people it might cause like dangerous diets which I completely understand but I think there's a way that you talk about a diet that's responsible and mindful um 
because I think we're doing a disservice to people if we're not talking about it. It doesn't mean that it's going to work for everyone. Yeah. But if we keep quiet because we think that it might cause, you know, because we're worried about it being coming across the wrong way, then I just think we're leaving a lot of people in the dark and people are going to be desperate thinking that they just have to have multiple surgeries that maybe not work for, you know, they those surgeries might not be working for them. That's the thing that boggles my mind is like, is like putting hormones in your body or like Lupron or putting your body in premenopause or having a hysterectomy, even having a surgery to treat endometriosis, that to me is very drastic. And, but then you're going to look at diet the same way, like changing or trying a different diet or a plant-based diet is free because you're still buying food. It's just different kind of food. And it's like, it's the easiest, quickest fix that you can try. And it's, to me, it was like, if you, if you can try anything, I would much rather try a new diet than to be put on a different pill or have, you know, my body shocked into pre-menopause, you know, or menopause. It's that to me, I, I, it's hard for me to understand how that talking about diet is kind of like taboo with endometriosis mm-hmm. when we're like throwing around the term hysterectomy, like, like it's no big thing. Yeah. Like, oh, just. <laughs> I'm so with you. I'm so with you on that because, you know, I've spoken to professionals who will um, give uh, knowledge, information and advice on, you know, having an induced menopause, but won't give any information on the diet. And I'm just like, Mm. <laughs> like, like, can we take it down a notch and try diet it, first yeah, and if that doesn't like, work then it's just, you know we can do it like they can go, if that is completely necessary they can go alongside each other right. but when you're when you're kind of saying we can only give advice and information on this thing but not the other I just I don't really understand the logic exactly like you're saying ha, tr- trying different diets trying to you know removing a bit of dairy and seeing how that works is a lot less dramatic and um impactful on your body than in you know in a negative way than having a menopause at like 22 is yeah so I know yeah I was really excited anyway, I could rant, rant about that oh forever. no I mean it, it's refreshing <laughs> though to hear you know, you talk about it and just coming in, she was the first person that I talked to. And we were like, when on our first phone call, we were just like, Oh my God. Yes, exactly. Like we were just <laughs> like, our mind was blown that like someone else was finally saying what no one wants to say. And, you know, cause it's like, we know it's working for us. And it's like, you want to share what is working with, you know, like what has been the best Thing that you found that helps your symptoms and like this is it <laughs> this is this is what it is try it so um it's good I think it's awesome like I like hearing you say stuff too <laughs> it's refreshing <laughs> yeah I mean more people are talking about it now so that's like let's hope that's progress yeah. but um yeah so um moving on to like pain management and I know that this is stuff that people can go go onto the app it is free to download um it, it is free to download, isn't yeah. it? I've got it. I can't Everything's remember. It. Yeah, free. I thought so. That's why the poor app doesn't make any money and it, I'm so slow to like improve it. But because it's more important <laughs> for me to make it free, I'm just like, I cannot charge no, I totally women even like $1.99 to use something to help them. <laughs> so, have you um, thought about um, Patreon? 
No. Have you heard of it? Uh-uh. So um, I've literally just set it up before I spoke to you because I'm now, you know, I'm in the third season of the podcast and I've been writing this end of life, like the blog for three years. And I've now, I'm now running like a book club, but it's all free. Um, and it costs me like money to run these things. So Patreon is a website where people who like really like your work and support your work can donate. And it just helps you cover the cost of things. And so loads of podcasters and YouTubers do it and app developers. So, and then it's given people the option, like if they want to go over and support you with, even if it was like $2 a month, they can do oh, that. Oh, cool. yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Cause it's like, I feel bad. Like a lot of, um, you know, like I, I definitely want to add more things and do things, but like I can't put any more money in it right now. So that's awesome though. Um, thank you. Yeah, because you can do goals as well. So like, if we reach this goal, then we can hire a doctor <laughs> to answer your questions. Yeah, that's, so, that's cool. you know, I'm going to check that out. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so the pain, the pain management yes. side of things, you also have, in fact, I'm not even going to talk about it. Do you want to just explain oh, sure. what's in the pain management section? Yeah, um, I just kind of wanted to put in there anything that can help women as far as like maybe yoga, like different yoga stretches, um, routines that could help, um, different, uh, like teas or a lot of women use oils, um, things like acupuncture, which I've never tried. And I really want to, um, kind of just like all random things that can help with pelvic pain. Cause I know a lot of women are like, well, heating pad works for me, or, you know, I drink a lot of, uh, different teas that help me at certain times. Um, and, actually like soon we've been kind of, I've been meeting people that have been wanting to help. And, um, my friend has Strala yoga. So she's offered up at different times for, um, users of the app to, um, kind of get like a free code to, they ha she has online classes, yoga classes to help for, you know, pain with endometriosis, like pelvic pain. Um, there's another app that's, it's really cool how all these like women run companies want to help each other. Cause there is a crossover and everything, um, like for pelvic floor exercises for an app called B WOM. So there's all things that I'll be adding soon of like women that have been gracious and generous enough to offer like what they do for pain management. So those are, That's awesome. yeah. And I, I'm like, so grateful, you know, that they want to share this stuff. And I work, um, I've been friends with Unova Center. It's an acupuncture center here in the city. And um, they've offered up like different articles and research that they've done. So that all needs to be added to the pain management section too. So it's, um, there's definitely more to come in that section. But um, yeah, so it kind of covers all those different things. So in the, how it is at the moment, um, mm -hmm. can people like contribute like their own, is, is that all from you, all of the pain management stuff? Is that all from you or like do people send in bits too it's that you started add, with, like, like you're saying? Yeah, it was started with things that I've kind of sourced and put together. Um, it still are things that I post, but it, I'm starting to like reach out to more and more people like, would you mind contributing to this? Or, you know, Jessica's um, been awesome. Like, yeah, you can post some recipes. So it's it's all things that I'm kind of like curating with people that are offering to supply. Um, so 
that would be like one thing though that I want to add is like where women can offer up their own things. And I think they could do that in the community now until it's like more formal. Um, but, um, it's all things that I'm kind of posting from friends that are sharing their different methods. Oh, that's amazing. It's so lovely to see the community come together that, in that way and like different women, you know, getting involved to support the cause. Yeah, they're all, yeah. It's, I was like floored how awesome everyone is and like willing to share anything that they know. So it's really cool. And, um, the, so this, a part that I think is amazing because it's so hard to find, um, good, I don't want to say it like that, specialists who are like expertly trained in endometriosis. For example, you know, I went to a specialist center, they were supposed to do excision, but they did laser instead. Um, so you, your app helps people like improve the type of care that they get. Um, and you have different tools for them to do research into that. How, how does that work? Um, well, we basically, we've worked with, you know, some doctors and they offer up like things of like, these are things that you should ask a surgeon to like, know that they specialize in endometriosis, like kind of things that all doctors should be aware of that are good doctors and that know what they're doing. Because I think there's a lot of doctors that will just kind of go like rogue and maybe do some, you know, like go extreme and kind of do like hysterectomy or something. So, um, we worked with doctors on kind of like figuring out what you should look for when you're going to look for a doctor. And then the ones that we have listed in the app are ones that are kind of like in this community of doctors that all specialize it and have like been in different conferences together. And we get once in a while, um, doctors will email me or people from the staff from the doctor's office and say like, how can we be added to the directory? Oh, that's so cool. That's great. So, um, if people are interested in that, that's, that's like the find a doctor section, yes. isn't it? Yep. Okay, cool. And, um, you, I mean, you've mentioned quite a few different things here, so you might have covered it all, but what's like next for Flutter Health? Next is I think doing more um, collaborations with people is what I really want to do or like kind of making it more of an active community. Cause I feel like right now I've kind of put down the base layer of like what I want people to be able to use, but I want to now build up the support and the community and awareness around it and kind of, um, I think collaboration with other companies and women in general is what's really going to get people talking about it more and more. Cause I mean, it is in the media more and more, which is awesome, but I really want to put like useful information out there and anything that can help women. Cause it's one thing to like talk about it and see all these, now these ads on TV or different drugs that they're doing research on, but it's like, people are talking about it, but yet they still don't know. And they're still not giving advice of like what in real terms you can do to help yourself. So I think just building the community and awareness is kind of my next phase. Cause I feel like I have the basics down of what I want, but I just need to like improve and, and build and make it easier for women to communicate. So if anyone's listening who would like to have something to offer or collaborate, they, you know, they know where to go. Yes please email me. Yeah. Yes. Um, so lastly, it's quite a journey when it comes to, um, you know, starting to manage endometriosis and, um, 
you know, tracking can sometimes take quite a long time. So what are the key tips that you would offer to people who are just starting out on this journey of managing endo? I think, like you said, tracking is probably maybe the most annoying thing, but I think it's the most helpful. I think if you can take and commit to three months tops, even if it's a month, like just track as, as much detailed as you can. Like, even if, if you don't want to do food, which I hope that you do, but like just everything that you can supply a doctor with, like go in with as much information that you've done, um, on your own time will help them figure out a, a better path versus like, sitting in a doctor's office and trying to remember in the past three months, how you felt every day for every period, because three months is actually a long time when you have so many random symptoms happening at so many different times that I think tracking is the most important because you, it really will show a pattern. And I, that's what doctors that I've talked to have really stressed that that's the best information that they can be given. And things that you don't want to talk about because like periods are already like, Oh, no one wants to talk about that. And Oh my gosh, like no one wants to talk about poop. No one wants to talk about sex, but those are huge things. Like I wasn't going to the bathroom for like a week at a time. And I eat a lot of food and I could not go even before my surgery, when they give you the medicine to like clear everything out, it didn't work. So you have to like, you have to bring up the the grody details that you don't think anyone wants to talk about and, you know, painful sex. No one, I never ever thought to bring that up to my doctor until I saw my doctor now. And he asked me, I didn't even bring it up. He asked me and I was like, that's when I knew he was, oh, really? he was the wow. guy. Cause he's like, how are your bowel movements? How is sex? Mm. So I just really want to stress to women like, that's in the, you know, the journal too, but like you need to, you need to talk about those things because that, those are also huge indicators for doctors for when you go in and you're trying to figure out how to manage this and what to do next. Every, every detail is key to like your care path. And so I, I think tracking is the number one thing to do from the very beginning. Just try to do all the data analysis first and then try to figure out what you can do to help. Amazing. You've just encouraged me to like track even more because I like, I will track my period and ovulation and I know like, I can't explain it. Like I know certain patterns. So then I get complacent. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you've just given me more. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a lot. It's motivated me again. <laughs> I know it's time consuming and it's a lot and I don't even want to do it myself, but I think it just really helps. It's so worth it. It really is. Like I've done it and it's worth it. <laughs> Just got, yeah, got complacent recently. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been like such an honour to talk to you. And your story has been, you know, so interesting. And the reasons why you started Flutter Health and all of the different parts of the app. Um, it's just so helpful for people and I'm really grateful that you've done that and you've also taken the time to talk to us today thank you thanks for asking I'm really honored I was excited <laughs> so you're doing amazing stuff oh thank you well I'm really really looking forward to seeing like what's to come with Flutter Health yes. and um yeah I mean maybe as changes go on we can have you back yes on. I would love to so that's it I really hope you enjoyed this episode and um 
if you use Flutter Health, let us know how you get on with it. As always, if you like this episode, please share it, rate it or review it or all three. That would be amazing. Um, Every little action helps it reach more people around the world and hopefully helps them to live better with endometriosis. If you want to say hi, I'm on Instagram at this underscore endolife and I'm also on Facebook at this endolife with a capital T, E and L. If you'd like to join the book club, um, that's on Facebook as like a group and that's on there as this endolife book club. One word for endolife and one word for book club. Just request access and I'll add you the next time I'm on. And thank you again so much for listening and for being part of this community. I hope this has been helpful for you and continues to be. See you soon. Bye.